this day in February. You know, I've always I've struggled with this market what, call, by the way. One o'clock on the East Coast. Dan Nathan Guy Dami. CBW is in the wings, in not the wings. feeling well, but he's playing hurt. You like, struggled with your inside voice? Is that what you struggled with? No, I, okay, you know, it's well, check. I'm gonna address that in a second. Okay. And the other thing, butters. If it's Thursday, it's butters. It's butters. If We're it's Thursday, it. it's butters. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I struggle with my inside voice. Apparently, I'm loud as shit. No, I mean this because my wife will say to me, do you know how loud you are? It's crazy. Am I loud? Yeah. We were on a call yesterday, a Zoom with a very mild mannered young man. Oh, yeah. I scared I scared him. Not only I mean, you you scared him. You were being it was a positive conversation. No, it, it was, was yeah. A, yeah. But like the tone of your voice and the excitement relative to his. Oh, it was it was amazing. well, that's why it was amazing. It's because you have to offset. The other side. Well, you were doing that, and so that's but I don't what, mean anything. You tell I'm, lovely I'm, wife. You know, I'm you just no, no. I'm just. I guess I'm really loud. You're loud. But the funny thing is, typically people that are loud don't hear that well. Oh, really? But I, what? At your age, see what I just did. There? I see. What but I hear everything. Did. We got a lot to do. Today. So it's the 29th of February. So people obviously are born on this day. Like it happens. Yeah. So like what do they do? Somebody will be born today. Are they a 28th birthday or a well, March first? That's the question. I would imagine it would be March. My 1st. dad's birthday is March first, so he was almost. You know, he he had a one in four. Yeah. Shot well, I mean, being, I know, guess. I but my, knows. you know, understand. So you wouldn't do it nah. on. Why would you do it on the 28th? You would yeah. do it on the next day. Yeah. For every four years, the next day. He hasn't said you're called a leap year baby. You're a leap year baby. So yeah. All right. What are we doing today? We got to. Well, let's put the rundown let's up. Let's do it. I okay. mean, remember that movie with um, what's his name, There's Joaquin that? Phoenix yeah, or the Gladiator? No, what's eating Gilbert Her. Grape? No, that's what Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh yeah, like well, what's eating Apple? I'm not really sure. You it's know not funny. You know what you just did right there? I don't know. Leo DiCaprio, I think, was with River Phoenix when he died, which is Joaquin's older brother. Mm, he so died I conflated at, he the di- He died at a West Hollywood club. club. I think it was called the um, Tiger Club. Something. It had an. It had a. It had a name. In yeah, it. It, had, it, had, it had an animal's name yeah. in it. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get okay, it. We'll, so we'll look at that the, back up. There. Actually, if you first person that gets the right answer, we'll send him something. We'll know. send him a bottle. We'll send him a market call bottle. Sure. Bearish to bullish reversals. The Viper Club. I see that I I was I knew the it was Viper Club, and FactSet's earning insight. <laughs> who, who did that? Can we put this on a full screen so people can see? I mean, that is FactSet's earnings insight. So that would be Butters. John Butters. He's the senior who, who earnings insight that? analyst over that? there. At you ever FactSet. see on Twitter when when yeah. people put up some ridiculous yeah. thing and people say who yeah. did that? Yeah, yeah, so good. Amanda did it. Of course you did. She's anyway, that's where we are. All right, so so we, we had today, and I know you're going to love this. I'm just going to say it because I'm going to get you all fired up on a Thursday. I'm always So excited. it was the Federal Reserve preferred inflation reading, PCE. PCE. So do you love that? That That's their preferred I, I don't even reading. know what that means. All right, let's throw this up. There. I mean, I know what it means, but. So, so let's throw this up there from Axios. I thought this was interesting. The consequences of sticky inflation. So we're talking about, okay, so the number obviously keeps coming down on a year-over-year basis. January spooked people a little bit. Um, there's this spread in between personal income, right? And then what prices are doing, and you can figure out what real is and, mm-hmm. and the like yeah, here. Yeah, okay. 100%. So, so this is a big story. We're actually going to spend some time on this topic on the On The Tape podcast. We're going to record it later today. It's going to drop in your favorite podcast store tomorrow morning. We have Stuart Sop, who is the CEO and founder of Current. And Current, 
They service, they are a online bank, but they're mm-hmm. not a bank. It's a fintech company, but they service a FICO score of about 625 or lower. Mm-hmm. And this is a demographic that in the US has had a difficult time. Underserved. And, and this calculation, well, not only are they underserved, but that the, the, this environment. Disen- disenfranchised, underserved. And, you know, for myriad of reasons, I want to get on yeah. my social justice no, no, course, yeah. but there's a reason. There are a number of reasons why, but current bridges that gap for folks yeah. and allows them to do things that, you know, I don't want to say entitled because that's not the right word, but you, people should aspire. Everybody should have the same aspirations. And with that said, access to some things. Anyway, please. Yeah, and, and I guess the point here is that I, Stu is always a great voice in a way for what they're seeing, their customer base. Like he came on Fast Money, I, I want to say like six months ago, and said they saw an uptick of their customers who took on second jobs. Okay, this was when inflation was really high. Maybe like a year ago. Think about that. This is a company that has direct deposit, right? So they see a lot of this data. They see what their customers are paying for. They see how many people are signing up for, you know, um, payday sort of accounts that kind of bridge mm-hmm. a gap and stuff like that. So so we're going to dig into this later today. Okay, we I just should. wanted to bring that Could up. No, because it's important. Yeah. And it's something that people, again, not to get political, not to get yeah. on a soapbox, but one of the, you know, the stock market goes up every day, obviously. Yeah. We talk about it. And a lot of people obviously believe economy, stock market, they're linked at the hip. But the problem, of course, is when you look at this administration's approval ratings, I not, can't even say approval ratings, but lack dis- thereof, lack thereof yeah. in terms of the economy specifically, yeah. it obviously flies in the face. And in, I think in large part is because everything that you just brought up and everything we'll talk to Stu about. Yeah, and, and my view, very simply, is that the, this administration is really bad on messaging. When yeah, you consider, well, well, you consider like some of these economic, the fiscal policies, some of the you know stuff is like they got plenty to talk about. Just get out there and get good mouthpieces and talk about it. Everybody, red or blue, should feel good about some of these accomplishments. A bunch of the stuff on the infrastructure side, a bunch of this fiscal stuff has massively benefited red states. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know about you. When I think of like our economy and I think of our competitiveness globally, I don't think of Republican or Democrat. I think of U.S. and America. American and and how we are doing as a well, country. it's a very quaint way to look at things. Unfortunately, yeah. that, that that ship is sailed. That ship sailed a long time Sorry. ago. Let's take a look at yields because yeah, this Axios slide takes to yields, and we're sort of like you know this sort of four twenty five to four thirty level ish, more like four twenty two to four twenty eight. You get what I'm saying? That's sort of the line in the sands where we've been sort of trading around for the last popping out. Now I agree. I think it's basing. Carter will talk to, we'll see what his take is. You know, that's really the rub right now. And I think that's what the market is struggling with. Are rates going higher from here? Or is this sort of going to cascade lower again? It's really interesting. So if you look at that, this consolidation, it's above its uh, moving average. It's above the um, highs before it kind of you know fell off a cliff, you know, just a, a month and a half ago or something like that. So to me, it looks like it's basing. And I guess the point that, that I would also make is that you know we've had some big moves in and around economic data, inflationary data. Not a big move today. And the fact that it doesn't have like too much of a downward trajectory tells me that you know market participants are are not gearing up for rate cuts sooner than expected. I mean, like, that's my kind of quick takeaway from that guy. Remember when we had Mike Cow, yeah. not Co. Yeah. Mike Cow on, on our podcast. On the, on the tape podcast. He's a must follow. And we're going to have him back on it's the on the tape. K-A-O, I believe. Sure it is. Yes. Co. Yeah. Cow. No, see, I even screwed it's it up. It's Cow. It's Cow. Yeah. Mike Cow. Look him up on the Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you know, he was pointing out how, again, you should look at his Twitter account, expectations for six cuts this year 
have effectively been cut in half. So there's a lot, listen, a lot of moving parts yeah. around rates and a lot of moving parts around what it means to the stock market. And that's something, again, we try to figure out on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, here's a headline guy that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, this was, uh, I, I saw Walter Bloomberg's uh, Twitter account, but it's about iPhone 15 sales not doing okay, so well. I can't well wait, by the way. China. Well, it's already out. Oh. Um, it's, so I don't have to wait. No, you have a 13 Pro over there. Um, the iPhone 15 is not doing so well in China as resellers offer hefty discounts to keep sales wow. afloat. China, obviously a big market. It's uh, nearly 20% of um, Apple sales. It seems like everywhere you look, there is a headline. And you know, one of the things, again, about this administration versus the prior administration, they started this trade war with China. Um, they put big tariffs on there. It was really hurt. I think it hurt US manufacturing for a bit or so. It's very important to note that that the um, current administration has taken very few steps to roll any of that back. And if anything, they've actually been um, a bit more dogged on certain levels. Here was a headline today, and I'll put this um, in the uh, show notes. Maybe these guys can pick it up from the New York Times. Biden calls Chinese electric vehicles a security threat. And they're talking about, obviously, if they're coming here and they have all these you know, technology components and they're wired in this and whatever. And it's kind of interesting, guy, because you mentioned this all the time. I think you did on MSNBC a week and a half ago. You're like, people are running around talking about, you know, like, uh, what was that? Well, that bu- balloon well I mean, and, uh, the, the, the absurdity of... Yeah. I mean, this again, don't at me because I I don't I really don't give a shit about. But this, you know, this balloon is flying across the United States and people are losing their minds over this balloon. They're spying on us. First of all, I got a Muppet News flash for you. They've been spying on us forever. The balloon, whatever. So people are apoplectic. Oh, my God. Shoot it down. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile. People are posting about the balloon on what? TikTok. TikTok, which is the ultimate. I mean, if you think about the absurdity of that whole thing. Yeah. People are losing their mind over these balloons, that balloon fly. Meanwhile, they have no problem with TikTok, which is probably the ultimate spying device. It's just the whole thing is just dumb. But well, there you go. And I'll just say this. If we can pull up Tesla for a second here. When I see headlines like this, and obviously, you know, Elon Musk and Biden, they got off to a rough start at the start of their administration, right? And I think the Biden administration made a huge mistake of just kind of um, when they invited, I think it was Mary Barra and and, and Farley from um, Ford and, and maybe Stellantis, I can't remember exactly, um, to the White House talking about EVs. They had all this green initiative and they didn't invite Elon Musk. Yes. Elon Musk was killing it as it relates to market share for EVs in the U.S. And he obviously, you know, whether whatever I think of him individually or this or whatever he's obviously a tremendous entrepreneur and has moved you know space travel he's moved evs he's moved some other things and you know like along in a pretty good manner here why wouldn't you embrace the guy like 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 at least from a manufacturing standpoint or whatever when i see a headline like this guy maybe they'll throw this up here for a second i say to myself it is an election year he has obviously has taken a lot of stances you know what i mean against this administration Mm -hmm. this would be elon might make sense to have a little bear hug, especially with his stock trading the way it is. I like that bear hug. Yeah. So, so that people say hug it out, right? Hug it out. No, it would make sense for both sides. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. in terms of what's going on with, you know, Tesla, the stock is not obviously traded particularly well. And the flip side of that coin is maybe this administration can sort of ingratiate themselves. Right. To a to a certain, you know, to a certain voter. We'll see. But there you go. So I think it's interesting. We were talking about Apple before. It would be great if we could probably put. I don't know if they we have can an app. Oh, they can. You know, Watch this. Bang. Yeah. Watch. I, it, 
bang inside voice yeah, that's cool. there it is oh look Pretty at that yeah. now we have pointed this out and carter braxtonworth has pointed out as well say what you want apple's a great company i i get all those things but there's no denying that over the last few months and longer than that if you really want to get down to brass tacks i mean there's something something going on with the stock and again we mentioned this yesterday Back in October, we effectively traded down to the moving average and bounced. Yes, we violated it, but you saw what happened. We did it again a couple different times earlier this year and bounced. Now, we're not bouncing from the moving average. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's starting to give it up. And each day, there was a day or two, it might have been yesterday or two days ago, where the stock actually did okay, sort of outperformed the broader market. But that that was a sort of a one-off over the last couple of weeks. So. You know, a company with it, is it still $3 trillion? I have no idea. Yeah. But that type of market, it has ramifications if this is starting to break down. And again, it's you, you can say what you want. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. The stock is not trading well. It's better decent tape. Well, here's the thing. There was a journal uh, article this morning. Apple is behind in AI and investors are getting impatient. And so when you look at it, they'll put this up. We'll put this in the show notes here. And, you know, I've talked about it on OK Computer and on Market Call. I think we talked about it the other day. You know, I don't know if this company can wait until the Worldwide Developers you know Forum that comes in June. I love that. Um, by to, I go every year. I, well, you should do. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, to me, they're going to have to make a move in the generative AI space. They're going to have to actually knit together a narrative. When you think about a company like Google that has such a tough time rolling out some of the products that they have supposedly been working on as a self-described AI first company for as long as they have, Apple internally, whatever they're working on, and I'm sure they're working on lots of things. They're yelling at their developers. They're saying, dust this off. We got to get this mm -hmm. out. We got to do something. But now that you see Google falling on its face left and right, you cannot afford to have a crappy rollout of one of these things. And I, I'm just going to say it again, because I've said it on CNBC, and I've said it on Marco. I think they're going to have to buy a company like Perplexity, which is this AI powered search engine that's taking on Google. And I think they'll be able to do it. This company just raised $73 million at a $520 million valuation. Um, I think a couple, uh, a month or so ago in a series B, if they were to spend two and a half, three billion dollars on this company guy. Okay. And let's say they felt good that regulators were perfectly happy with them competing against Meta, competing against Google, competing against uh, Microsoft and OpenAI. This stock, if it's been weighed down because their lack mm -hmm. of, of the, this stock's going to rally a hundred billion dollars in market cap. It would pay for itself 10 by 10x. 10, 10 like, it would easily. be great if there were a podcast out there that could interview the CEO and founder. Oh yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. You are? Arvind, yeah, Srinivas. He's coming on no. the OK Computer Stop Podcast. It. Yeah, we're going to record it on Friday. It's going to drop next I Wednesday. I mean, yeah, that's going to be good. And I'm not just saying that. Like, listen, I was saying that before. I, I, I'm not. I, I know. I think they, like, we got in touch with each other because I think they heard us talking about it. So I'm just saying, like, that really interesting company. And I made this point. People are talking about perplexity right now. The way that they were talking about Google 20 years ago and what they were doing to some of the search incumbents, which was Yahoo at the time and AOL and the like. So when I think about that, I get excited about these sorts of companies that are really going to obviously change um, a way a lot of uh, our industries operate. And I think they're one of them. So that'll drop next Wednesday in the OK Computer podcast story. And guy, while we're here and while we're talking about OK Computer, you and I had a great conversation with Kara Swisher. Swish. She's the author of the Burn Book. It just came out yesterday. No, no, no. Say it again. Burn Book. Yeah. No Burn Book. And uh, she's, we're big fans of hers. We really like her. She's a hundred, friend hundred. of the pod. We're doing a giveaway. Go to the podcast store at Apple. Leave a review. Leave a good review for OK Computer. Follow it. Send a screenshot to contact at riskreversal.com. You're going to get a free burn book. We're going to send you one. 
How's that? I think that's hot right, as so shit. Go do that. All right. Blow so, up Amanda's so listen, inbox. We've kept him I'm waiting like long that. enough. And you did mention he's playing hurt. He is. But that is Carter Braxton Worth of Worth Charting. He's with a little us. bit under the weather. Sometimes that happens, right? You get a cold or whatever, but anyway, it's all good. Sorry we made you wait there, buddy. We had a few things. No, no, I was enjoying it. Thank you. You want to break uh you want to break a tie or kind of drop some knowledge on us? You want to start yields first, guy? We I like I said, well, maybe it's basing. You said, who knows? Let's have Carter take a look at that. Thoughts on the tenure. Yeah, I you know, it's such a mystery. I mean, the 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 again, recency when we were over five percent higher for longer, it was all very frothy. <laughs> Of course, that was exactly wrong. Rates dropped to 3.75. Then down there, there'll be 10 cuts, 12 cuts. Now, all of a sudden, those are being pulled back. It's kind of a pair of twos, to be fair. It's just it is no, nothing actionable here. And in many ways, it is the sweet spot. Is, I have several uh, sort of large uh, clients running big mutual fund, you know, the 30, 40 billion types who say, look, as long as we're between five and three and a half, it's Goldilocks. It's the six and seven that's a problem, or it's dropping a 310, 290. So maybe this is the Goldilocks, and uh, I just don't see any really big directional move in yields. My bias is down, and I think ultimately yields will work lower. And and you've been saying that for a while, and you think that lower yields at a certain point lead to lower equities, and yeah. you know I, I, that part I would agree with. But again, we'll see how this plays out. We we also uh, were chatting before, and we want you to sort of break the tie on, or maybe not break the tie, but sort of galvanize some of my thoughts. So let's put up this Bloomberg headline about private credit market and sort of some of the things that it's masking we can look. But private credit is a huge part of what's going on right now in the landscape. And you can see how private credit can mask a lot of the ills out there because, you know, mark the markets and those types of things. So anyway, it's an interesting group without question. But along those lines, and I am biased to this, but Carlisle Group, so Harvey Schwartz took over a year ago, February. It's now a year he's been in place. And if you look at this chart, if we can pull up a chart of CG, Carter, I'm curious as to your thoughts. I look at this and see a classic bearish to bullish reversal. Now, that's shorter term. If you could do longer term, so take a look at this. Am I looking at the right thing? I see a series of lows. I see a moving average. It's starting to move in my favor. To me, that's textbook Carter Worth bearish to bullish reversal thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not to say it's played out, but it's uh, it much has already happened, right? The moment at which you're sort of there at the 30, 32 level and you gap up and the 100 phase starting to inflect is the is the so-called entry point, if you will. And then this is a bearish to bullish reversal that's now just a stock in an uptrend as evidenced by that short-term chart. But the thing about this one is it's been a real laggard. Let's, uh, with this same time frame, let's look at some competitors. Look at A-R-E-S, just to make a point. And so I think if you're if you're thinking is to play a laggard, uh, you'll look at these other private equity. Uh, so A-R-E-S is one. I don't know if we can pull it up. But if you look at mm-hmm. KKR, uh, another, they're all back to the former highs. Um, and so you'll see here that, uh, I mean, look at this thing, right? Look at, look at uh, KKR. Uh, for instance, another one or Blackstone, but so uh, CG all have made the high. CG is where this one was, mm-hmm. right back, uh, and hasn't. There's Blackstone. So CG has been the one that hasn't participated, and to some extent, that is the nature of trying to identify uh, a bearish to bullish reversal laggard that has perhaps catch up potential to its peer group, to its sector, or to the market. 
Yeah, you know, it, what's interesting to me about this one also is that, you know, this is the CG, okay, so Carlisle Group, this year, 2024, expected EPS growth of about 21%, next year, 16% revenue growth, um, about the same, you know, trading at, you know, 11 and a half times. And you say to yourself, and maybe we could put that slide back up um, about um, private credit, you say to yourself, well, why would it trade at such a start? discount to some of its peers and uh, obviously the market. And so again, I mean, this is what the headlines are. It seems like every day there's a new headline in Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal highlighting private credit. Yes, they filled in and they filled some gaps, you know what I mean, where traditional or more traditional financial institutions used to do the lending, right? And so some of the regulatory environments, some of the stuff that happened a year ago with the regional banks and, you know, and, and the like. So it's been a great opportunity for these companies. I think what the market is saying, right, is that, um, you know, let's trade these things at a discount despite mm -hmm. the huge run um, that they've had. But again, if we go into a period, a new normal, and, and maybe the rate rates start coming down a bit, maybe it's something where you start modeling out um, higher return on, on you know a whole host of different metrics that you want to focus on these companies, and then you'll see margin expansion. So I'd actually rather play the laggard. I'd rather play a name like Carlisle, where you have a guy like Harvey Schwartzwer, I think, is he like, and I know, again, this goes back to, um, I don't know Harvey, I, I have met him, but this goes back to a guy, is he in his, like, just, just started his second year as the CEO yeah, of this Feb company? Yeah, February 23 okay. is when he started. So, so, so again, I think yeah. there was probably a discount on a management change and, and that side um, being placed on it. I like that chart. I like that one-year chart. So, like, to your point, Carter, that this bearish to bullish reversal, if we were having this conversation two months ago, you that's would have said, where yeah, you, that's, that's the entry point. But, yeah, but this yeah. is a very good chart right now. You, you see right. the, the three Thrusting the flagging, the thrusting, the flagging, the consolidating. Very good. You've brought forth some charts with you today, and I'd like to start with Lincoln National because you're seeing some things that are of interest to you. Yeah, there are three. You know what we'll do for fun? Let's just go one, two, three quickly. Lincoln National, look at the next one, look at the next one. Fidelity, and, and okay. So you're talking about insurance company, auto parts, and uh, pay, payment process. They're all down more than 50% over the past three years. S&P is up 20, 30%. So let's go to the beginning and look at them one at a time. The circumstance uh, required for a bearish to bullish reversal buy is obviously preceding weakness, bearishness. And we have that 80 to 20. And then as opposed to going out of business, a lot of stocks do, it starts to base and bottom and cure and heal and coil. And uh, that is what this is. Uh, Lincoln National, it's about 120 year old uh, insurance company. I think it's very asymmetrical. If we buy it, we're wrong. We just waste time. It's 30, mm -hmm. it's 24, it's 30, it's 28, and it never really worked. But if we're right, it's 40 or maybe 50 fills the gap. But it doesn't have the, the risk that all of a sudden it's going to start going to five and three and zero, right? Okay, let's look at the next one. Here's a payment processor. Uh, you know, it has that double bottom of sorts. Again, it's the turning of the smoothing mechanism. The 150 million average is now inflecting upward. Look at the relative performance day to day versus the Qs, for instance. A, a textbook bearish to bullish reversal buy, and and then finally, um, and they have nothing to do with one another. That's the point, right? Because uh, in the life cycle of a business, there are good periods and bad periods just on the income statement, and uh, there are good periods and bad periods in the share price. And these are all epic wipeouts uh, that are now starting to get their footing, at least to my eye. And so asymmetrical. They, they cannot work, but I think if they don't work, it'll be a push. But if and as they do work, really asymmetrical upside. It's interesting. So the folks at home know it's this fidelity is not the fidelity that you see commercials for. This is Fidelity Information Services, I believe. The National Information Services yeah. is the company 
a little bit different. By the way, in case anybody cares, I think today they were initiated with a buy at Goldman Sachs with an $84 price target. So just keep that in big, mind. Yeah. For FIS. Big stock, $40 billion, Just to put that in context, DuPont, one of the oldest companies in the United States, is $28 billion. This is a big company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's making the turn. And then I think the the last one, advanced auto parts. I mean, it's interesting this world. You know, you look at some of these auto stocks in that universe. I mean, some of them have been left for dead. Other than just just sort of runaway trains. This is one though that's obviously fallen on hard times. That you also think can turn here. Yeah, and so it's again, you could pull up any uh, stock you want where they just slip below the surface without a trace uh, and go out of business. Happens all the time, and uh, while that could still happen here. Once you do start to base and bottom, you start to exhibit uh, bullish price volume correlation, impressive relative strength. It is quite often the beginning of a turn where management works out the problems that they've had or their their general business environment improves for the line of, uh, you know, line of business that they're in. And so, again, I think it's asymmetrical. You know, it's interesting, Carter, you know, there's a big debate going on right now um, by many market participants about, you know, we've spent the last year and a half talking about the concentration of, you know, five to 10 stocks. And and now you keep hearing about a a broadening out, um, if you will. And so, you know, looking at some charts like this that are bombed out, that Advanced Auto Parts was a $250 stock a year and a half ago. Now it's $66, (laughs) right? Um, If we're getting to a point where we're trying to go after the massive lack right so these things have literally been left for dead as you're showing them like at this stage of the game talk to us a little bit about that because you know we were talking about this on on fast money the other night it just seems like on any given day you're going to walk in and there's going to be a new group or a new like you know like little stock like this a four billion dollar market cap company that's got a lot of debt so there's a lot of leverage in this room that they're just going to run because right now it's about trying to find things that haven't run and trying to see how far they can go like look at sure. the c3 ai today and this is really you know maybe they could pull this up you know this is not a huge market cap company by any means four and a half billion dollars it's got 33 percent short interest and stocks up 23 mm-hmm. percent today on a beaten raise that to me does not justify 23%. And I guess this, the stock was kind of, you know, left for dead a little bit here and late to the AI game. So this, this kind of fits into that sort of category too. So picking these there's a lot of that, right? I mean, that's, and and Carvana, the way it popped. I mean, so there are two ways to interpret it, that you're getting to the end of an important run in the market when the money is so energized and so desperate to play that it will go and, what this is called is picking up cigar butts in the tr- trash, right? You're looking for anything and see if we can play it. Biotech or this or that. Uh, there also uh, is another way to interpret it, which is say that if this is starting to happen on a wide scale basis, the breath really is improving and that the market has legs because laggards are coming to life. And it's both. Um, and I don't know which is the proper interpretation, whether it's the end of a run here. Certainly the markets had, uh, it's a mature intermediate advance, October, March, 25%. Uh, but what's really going on to your point, Dan, is that the the, the real beta uh, is now the alpha, right? These I, I just, small spectrum like, things are being bit up. Yeah, I guess my point is, I feel like we're just kind of in the low quality guy, like part of this mm-hmm. rally. Like, like I was looking at this today 
for instance, like look at AMD. So let, let's just pull this thing up. Okay. It's up 7%. It's making a new all time or probably a 52. Yeah. It's all time, right? Like high here. All time you know, high. And Nvidia, yeah, it's up 2%, but it's still stuck at this like kind of 290 level. You know what I mean? So, guy, you like my lines there? Look at the breakout, the check back to the line. What is that? Is that up a- trend. Look at where that, that moving average is going to be at that breakout level from just a couple months ago. You know what I mean? Would like, that be qualified as a hungry alligator formation? Well, so, so Carter, you're not going to love this. Um, and I know we're not making fun of your profession, but you do call what we do on the fundamental part. You call them funny mentals. Okay. So yeah, we come right. up with some funny names every once in a while. If that moving average, that yellow line makes it in between the uptrend line and the breakout line, that yellow moving average is going to be like a tongue. Mm. And that will clearly be, okay, a hungry alligator. That makes perfect sense. And the hungry alligator, once it finds its prey, it collapses that spread, Carter. Okay, I'm just telling you, like this is this is really technical, technical stuff. That's, but right? that's what, you know. Technical, technical that's stuff. That's technical, technical yeah. stuff. And Carter, listen, we know that... <laughs> You, you're you're playing, you know, you're at 60%. But I got to tell you something before we say goodbye. I will take 60% of Carter Braxton yes. worth yes. as opposed to 100% of most other market participants right. out there. So feel right, better. Right. Drink Thank your you. Thank you guys. Thank like you. little chamomile tea. Probably. Yes. All of it. <laughs> Back in the Thank bed. Thanks, All right. We're going to send you up some Jewish penicillin. You know, you know the drill. The, I, I don't know what you're called, talking it's about. The, uh, it's the matzo ball stew. They call it Jewish penicillin. Who's they? You know, my my people. Gra- my grandmother used to use pronouns. She used to be like, little guy, they're all wearing this. Yeah. And I'd be like, Grandma, and I would. Was she off the boat, Grandma? She was. Yeah. So moved here. How old? And was I'd she? be like, Grandma, who are they? Did she come she to Ellis Island? When she, no, I think her father did. Okay. I mean, nobody cares. But about you know, that. no, it's interesting because, like, like again, you know, like these groups, they were isolated by yeah, their sure. own language and they lived in communities together and they would say, you know, they. Things like that. They. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, you know. So if they, all right, who are they? Ready? They're all wearing that. We're, we're who, gonna, who is they? We're going to do it. We're going to do this. Okay. Really, I'm going to really say clean, it quick. Really clean. What's today? Butters. No, no Thursday. Yeah. No, okay. You screwed it up already. Right. You start. Go ahead. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know you up. messed it up. All right. Let's do it. Again. No, no, no. It's we so have it. We can no, do it. No, just go, go right to it. All right. If it's Thursday on the market call and it's Guy and Dan here, we're sponsored by FactSet. And FactSet, they have a guy named John Butters yeah. over there. He is the senior earnings insight analyst. He actually often joins us on the market call. He does. Guy. If he's not in Michigan or New Mass- Hampshire or wherever he goes. Or Massachusetts. Okay, so John Butters, he writes the earnings insight blog. It drops every Friday morning. You can have it in your inbox on Friday mornings. But we get a preview it. On Thursdays, and this one is really interesting, guy, because we're going to spend a little time on a couple of names that reported earnings um, this week uh, when we're done with this. But earnings season is pretty much over for Q4. Done. Okay, so we've got lots of guidance for Q1, the period that we're in. We're already two months into Q1, guy. So what John Butters is tracking right now is really important to us as you think about the stock market trading the way it is, at valuations where it is, based on earnings estimates that you and I coming into this year, the S&P 500, were we thought were a little hot challenge so this is the really important part i want to get your take on this the bottoms up eps estimate for the s&p 500 for q1 decreased by 2.1 percent during the first two months of the quarter that would be deck 31 to february 28th which was yesterday this decline is smaller than yeah. the five-year 10-year 15-year and 20-year averages for the first two months of the quarter what do you mean shocking is what i really make of it. well it didn't I, come down more yeah you, just given 
what transpired last year, given the fact that we thought the lag effects would kick in mm-hmm. a lot sooner the than they have. Long and variable lags. Long and variable lags. Yeah. And given the historic average of what we're reading right here, yep. the decline is smaller than the five-year, 10-year, 15- and 20-year average. I'd be like, there's no way. How is that possible that actually things are obviously lower but much better yeah. than – again, and history suggests, or this environment suggests. So listen, the numbers are what they are, but that to me was shocking in a word. Well, I think you and I have talked about this a lot with Danny Moses on the, on the tape podcast and many of our fine guests that we've had on market call and on the tape. I mean, one of the things that if consensus coming into 2023 was that there was going to be um, a economic recession that was going to confirm the earnings recession that we had in 2022, mm-hmm. right? That what really happened though, when you think about in late Q1 of 2023, a year ago, when we had the SVB debacle, there was a lot of liquidity that was pumped into the system and that pushed out whatever chances of a recession in 2023 that most people were convinced about, it just pushed it out. And here we are, soft landing. All right, let's look at some of the sectors. This is actually, think, the most important part here, Guy, because- That's a great podcast. The important part. That is Liz Young's Mm -hmm. podcast. She's EY from SoFi. You can find that in your favorite podcast store. That would be Liz Young. Seven sectors recorded a decrease in EPS estimates led by energy and materials. That's something that's been consistent now for quarters here, Guy. For the last, yeah. Four sectors recorded an increase in EPS estimates led by consumer discretionary and uh, communication services. Just to be really clear, communication services is big tech. Consumer discretionary is Amazon, Mm -hmm. okay? And Home Depot and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and you throw Throw Walmart in there, throw Costco in there. I mean, you see what's going on. Yep. And TJ, I mean, again, there are certain names in that world. I mean, TJX, I think, made an all-time high. So so I guess what I would say the most, uh, like the the, the biggest takeaway from Butter's work this week to me is that keeping an eye on communication services, so the mega cap tech, the mag seven, and that, you know, is basically also consumer discretionary. If you see a drop off, in, in out quarter estimates in those names, watch out below because they are a disproportionate amount of the S&P earnings growth that's expected this year, right? So that that to me is like the biggest takeaway. Here, 100%. And again, that's why it's so valuable to get his work because it's one thing to talk about this stuff. It's another thing to actually see it in the form that he provides. Yep. And then you can actually start to make sense of it all. So this is actually... They say I'm negative all the time, which I probably am. But this is actually pretty encouraging. This is very encouraging data. Hey, and the flip side of that, and you've been bullish on energy stocks, and they're trading pretty decently. They're hanging Uh, in there. Yeah, but if you start to see uh, energy earnings, and these companies have been doing well, start to increase those estimates. Spring-loaded. Well, I I guess my point is, is like you want to see broader participation just as you do in the market cap-weighted indexes, but also as far as contribution to earnings. All right. Well, uh, I know where you're going, so I'm going to set this up. Okay. There's a term that people use now that I never, never really made sense to me. Yeah. You know, because if you're, if you have feelings or if somehow you're in touch with the human condition, you're not macho or something. Yeah. Remember in that in uh, the movie with uh, Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman, Meet the Fockers, yeah. and Dust- Dustin Hoffman was saying, you know, macho watcho, which is really odd. But yeah. so you're not macho watcho. Nope. You're a snowflake. Uh, that's what, that's which what is fine. I mean, if you, you can call me whatever you want, I, I, you know, I'd love for somebody to say that to me, faith face. We'd have a much different conversation. But neither that's either near neither here nor there. 
Let's take a look at a snowflake. Can we just do one thing for a second? Oh, sure. What do you think Robert De Niro, okay, his most macho performance was? Raging Bull. 100%, right? No, I mean, yeah. I mean, Raging. Think about what, again, Amanda's like, guys, please stop. Think about the transformation that he went under. But I'll give you this one. As a a person. I'll give you this one as well. Young Vito Corleone. Unbelievable. Yeah. Macho. Cape Fear. Yeah. Look at Ooh, look at scary. him in Cape yeah. Fear. Yeah, he was actually scary. In that yeah. Movie. So he was. Yeah. I mean, De Niro is. Well, uh, the 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 trickle, the taxi driver, taxi nineteen seventy two, I believe. Yeah. Jodie Foster, I think, it was like eleven or twelve yeah. years old when yeah. she did that yeah. movie. All right, so let's. And go. she yeah. had been in more movies by by. She had been more movies than Scorsese and De Niro. That's crazy. Like she was showing them the ropes. Yeah. Great, great actress. Um, All right, let's go to the snowflake here. Please. So so this one's kind of interesting, okay? So it had a big run here. This was a high multiple enterprise software company, you know, traded uh, 400. If we could back this thing out. Trade up. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly when. It was, I know, it was, I think it was November of 21. It was a $400 stock. I think the market cap of the company was approaching $160 billion-ish. We were saying how it was probably trading at 80 times sales. Sales, revenue. Sales. And we're like, that's it's absurd. Yeah. And then obviously the world got caught up to them. It has bounced recently. And then CEO steps down. And you're still talking about a company, by the way, that has a $60 billion market cap ish. Yep. It's going to do $4 billion of revenue. So, I mean, it's so not, it's not that 18 times sales I'm this not, year, 14 you know, times. I'm next. not killing them, but it's yeah. like, yeah. Really? Um, yeah. So just interesting, though, you know, on a gap basis, they're still losing money. OK, so um, that's not fantastic. So when you think about, uh, OK, stories like this and you wonder to yourself, how is a stock of this size down 20 percent on a miss and a guy down? Well, they don't make money. OK. And the, and the CEO genius that everybody was so like all in on when the stock went from 100 to 400 and then from basically 400 down to, you know, wherever the heck it went to $100, I think, or lower. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. So on a near-term basis, I caught you guys on Fast Money talking about it, and you thought that probably not yet, guy. It, it's gonna hasn't kissed that moving average yet. Let's do it. Put a one-year. However, transfer, just from a personal, from a technical. Standpoint. No, but and but it got damn it close. Bounced, it bounced a little bit. So we thought it could. I mean, we talked about this on. This yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> reminds me of Palo Alto Networks in some ways, but much different. I'm not comparing the yeah, stories. Yep. Yeah. The, the way that, you know, it took three months to have those gains. It gives it back in five minutes. So here we are. It's going to be a big volume day today. And I'm not saying you got to rush out and buy. It's not what we're saying. But, you know, if you're looking for support levels, we're damn close in the form of that moving average. Yeah, and I just want to make one point. People ask us how we think about this stuff, or, or you know, all the time. So, like, I'm looking at this year for Palo Alto. They're expected to do um, maybe in, in gap net income, okay, um, you know, over a billion, billion and a half dollars or something that's on revenues of maybe $8 billion. Mm-hmm. If I want to look at snow under those same metrics, okay, snow is expected to have, you know, like you just said, I think, you know, $4 billion or so 4.2 in uh, revenue and, and gap net income of a loss of a billion dollars. So when you say to yourself, you know what I mean? Like, so and if they want to pull up the Palo Alto, when that missed, that and, and I think you were in that camp. Yeah, what, I heard you on Fast Money. Yeah. You thought, well, that's probably a decent level. <laughs> Ooh, look at that bad boy. What's right that there. thing that Facebook bought that all the kids the were on? Instagram? Instagram. We're on it. We, we are. You're on it. You're guy dot a dot a dot. No, I mentioned that because it was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, February 21st or 22nd on the gram. Yeah. 
Oh, which, you put something out where there. we said like, yeah. I think we said two sixty three, and Amanda can get in my ear or some. That's your level. That's that's your yeah. support level. Go back and but look. You don't feel like you don't feel like the snow is going to fill in the gap the way this uh, Palo Alto did. Not, not no, not like that. Yeah. But I'll say this as well. And again, politics bore the shit out of me. You know what came out like two days or so ago? No. Nancy Pelosi apparently bought one point two million dollars worth of Palo Alto calls. I mean. She should be on effing fast money. We should get her on the podcast. She's a genius. She is a genius. Ah, whatever. All right, let's quickly I mean, talk about But you understand, listen, yeah. Republicans do it too. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. You understand why people get pissed off? That's why people I get do. pissed off. All right, let's look at a $300 billion market cap company that reported earnings last uh, night in the SaaS space. That would be the Salesforce.com. Comes out CRM. We previewed it yesterday, guy. The stock was at 300. We were looking at a 24% implied move. Uh, $24 implied moving yeah, in about 8% or so. Um, look at this. It's it's basically like not even moving. And it's interesting to see this stock basically at a 52-week high. We can pull it out to five years, almost to an all-time high. This sort of beat and, and raise, you know, it wasn't dramatic by any means. No. After the rally it's had, though, guy, I'm kind of surprised it's not moving more to one way or the other. I thought the full-year guide was not particularly good. We talked about it last night. It was actually lower after they reported. I think it traded down to 294-ish. Mm -hmm. You see what it's doing today. The conversation we had yesterday, though, and I'm not backing away from this, I thought there was a very good chance that the knee-jerk reaction would be higher. It would take it to the levels we saw in November of 2021-ish, and that's when you would pull the ripcord. And it's effectively, that's sort of what's happening here, Dan. So, yeah. again, big valuation. I don't think, again, I don't think the guide was great. You know, I don't know what people are looking at today. I think there's a very good chance that this stock exhausts itself after today. Yeah, I think you said yesterday you thought maybe it gets back to that prior high, and then that's probably sort of it. Like, when you think about what it would take to break out from this pattern here, you know what I mean? Well, well yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. I well, mean, nobody's, I, as Carter would say, yeah, $300 billion, nobody's paying $400 billion for, so it's not like a takeover. You have that to be concerned about. I mean, this is a standalone thing that is expensive, that I think is slowing down just in terms of the guidance they gave. Now, I think what the market is saying today is they're sandbagging. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But, yeah. but do you want to give people the benefit of the doubt in this environment? I, I would tell you this about sandbagging. And, and again, I, I, I think if you're a, a CEO and you don't have a lot of visibility on your business, but you're, you're beating and you actually have the ability to raise a little bit, the idea of getting too far uh, you know, ahead of mm -hmm. yourself doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. So I would err to the side of caution um, myself. All right. We covered a lot of ground here, Guy Adami. Uh, to err is human, to forgive divine. Yeah. Oh, you're not okay. You 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 you've dialed out. I, I mean, know, I just well, that? you I said mean, it sounds like something I'd hear in a church or something like that. Well, well, not particularly, but that's okay. I mean, you can look at people on the on the Twitter can look not, it up. Not particularly. Um, that's it. Yeah. Want to thank Butters, who's in Michigan. Yeah. No, I don't know where I shouldn't he's dox in, him he's like Boston. that because maybe he's actually at his desk. He might be watching right now. Hey, Butters. Hi, John. Uh, Carter Worth, who's not feeling well. Nope. Obviously, our audience. Amanda, not Jacob, yeah. Bill, Timmy, doing yeoman's work. Yeoman. They're actually doing their work. Behind the scenes. By, and not that we don't appreciate it, but they're doing their work. Well, yeoman's work. Okay. Uh, but that's it. By the way, 
Check out the OK Computer podcast dropping in your favorite podcast store. Yeah, As you mentioned, Kara Swisher. Kara Swisher and, and a friend of mine that I've known for a while, Jesse Chassie at RBC Capital Markets. He's a tech equity capital markets. We had a great conversation about whether the IPO is going to come back this year. And there's been a mm. couple that have actually filed of late. Reddit was one of them. Klarna is coming to. And so some of the dynamics that would cause maybe um, you know a, a further influx of those. So you talk to somebody that's talking about how the droughts in the IPO market might there might be some rain correct and you're talking to a woman who wrote a book called burn book not the burn book just now you notice i said it correctly yes. so th- a good title for that would be like you know fire and droughts oh that's what you called it all right thanks guy thanks for that thanks for everyone for being here we'll be back on monday on the market call check out the okay computer in your favorite podcast store leave a review send that review to contact at richversal.com you get a free burn book and also check out our on the tape podcast that'll drop tomorrow with Danny Moses and obviously our main man, Stuart Sop from current and YouTube. If you haven't oh, yet yeah. subscribe, our YouTube smash that button. Cha- our YouTube channel is <laughs> approaching a hundred, which is yeah. apparently when you've gotten to a certain level, like you get you a know, badge or something. I don't know about I that. I think we're actually above 80. We're, I mean, we're 82 and change. Okay. There you go. We're, we're approaching a hundred. Well, it's approaching a hundred subscribe. Get us there. Later, peeps. All right, say thanks. Bye.